Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Hunter Muscaro, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nook is spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got game him. Winning. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Wednesday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher with you. Another edition of Sandos and the Sidekick. And nothing says the day before Valentine's Day like baseball. We'll have Joe Panucci on today previewing the baseball season, which actually gets started the day after Valentine's Day the this Friday. The most loving of the sports, people have said. I've heard that said about baseball. Have you? No. No, me either. Yeah, it's all right. A uh, very special promotion on Valentine's Day, by the way, if you'd like to come to the basketball game. You want to bring uh, – Clever marketing uh, here. Yeah, you yeah. want to bring a date or a friend or whoever, just if you want a little cheaper ticket. Two yeah. people can show you up. Just two, want a deal. two for 14. Yeah. Two for 14. Love Instead that. of two for 20, two for 14. Two 14, second month of the year, 14th day of the month. Yeah, pretty easy to remember, Love so – Get, what, are the, what are the great ideas coming up from the ticket department here at ETSU? Uh, let's see, Lando's Land today. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – tomorrow I know we're previewing both the contests. Uh, I think J.J. German stopping by, correct? J.J. German will be here uh, previewing both contests. Crazy coach. And also today, obviously, Coach Benucci has said a kind of sort of mystery guest at the end of the show. I don't think we should give it away, but it's a it's a newcomer yeah, okay. to Santos and the sidekick. All right, well, let's recap. Normally, Tuesday, we recap Monday's uh, Radio Coaches show uh, just because the, the FCS Hero Rankings came out. Brian McLaughlin, that was kind of fresh off the presses. We decided that we'd really cover that yesterday. Uh, so getting back to Monday, yeah. which I thought uh, Coach Forbes, uh, I called and said, hey, uh, you still want me on the coaches show? I was like, uh, <laughs> did, you, uh, did you get fired? Like, right. I mean, I'm assuming uh, you'd want to be on the coach. And he said, yeah. He said, I, I, you know, game like that, I think I need to be able to answer quite People want to ask and talk. And, and there you know, were and, lots and, of callers. There were lots they, of questions. And, you know, some critical, some not, and uh, some positive, some negatives. I and, think everyone was level-headed, though, just depending on what side of the aisle you came from. It was either still positive. Shock. Yeah, uh, sure. People were still shocked, so I think there was a theme of how, why, what happened, what, what, what's going on there. Is that an outlier? I think was more uh, of the common theme, especially with because we, but people had already put the Wofford game out of their mind because the Furman game happened Saturday, so we v- glossed over what was a spectacular game on Thursday, just a great college basketball game. Yeah. And maybe rightfully so, it was overshadowed by the Saturday performance. And here's Coach Forbes. We've got three different sound bites, but uh, we don't need to. He wasn't as fiery as he was post game. Obviously, that was in the heat of the moment. But Coach did have some interesting things to say about the team's performance. You know, we do have ten new guys. We do have a very uh, inexperienced team when it came to the beginning of the season. But they've been through a lot now, and you know some, the, the mistakes that were made on Saturday were things that we haven't made in a while defensively. We were bad defensively, and and, uh, and that was discouraging. And so, um, you know, I wasn't very happy, obviously, and uh, and uh, they, they weren't either. I mean, they understood. And um, 
it is exciting for me, though, that we'll have them all back next year. I mean, this will be the best spring I probably have ever had here at ETSU. I won't have to sign five, six guys. We'll, you know, we'll only have to probably sign one, maybe two. And so, you know, that, that part I'm excited about. I get a chance to coach them all spring, all summer again. We get to go to Europe with them uh, in August. And so it'll be a very veteran, grizzled team when we come ready to play again next year. That was a response to a question in-house that asked, how much do you think some of the struggles in that game, maybe getting blown out on the road, things kind of snowballing as they did against Furman, has to do with youth? And Coach Forbes came back immediately and said, right before we got that soundbite, I actually told him the opposite. All of you that were young coming in, you've got 20-some games under your belt now. Youth is no longer an excuse, so Coach Forbes not handing his Buccaneers anything. Yeah, and I think that that's that was interesting here because a lot of times, you know, people try to say that, um, ah, you're young, it's this, they haven't played together. And then Coach was like, actually, I'm kind of the opposite. You know, 25 games in, are, are they young? And you've heard that before. Freshmen really aren't freshmen this time of the year. You know, there's some point in time where you'll hear that, like, well, inexperienced. When you play 25 college basketball games, you've that excuse is out the window. You've played significant minutes. You've had chances. You've been in big games. You've done that. ETSU's played in a variety of games. Played in front of 15,000 people at Creighton, yeah. I mean, they've had tight losses. They've had tight wins. They've had come from behind wins. They've had leads that they weren't able to hang on to. Uh, they've had leads they weren't able to hang on and come back and still win. Uh, you know, they've had heartbreakers here and there. So, uh, and, and then, of course, last Saturday's outlier with, uh, with just uh, Furman really just shooting the, the Bucks right out of the building early on. So I like the way that, uh, again, he kind of hands up. But you never know what coaches, what direction sometimes. Like you think, well, you know, that's, that's a good point, and then they just take it a different direction. So it's always interesting to hear how coaches take some of the questions from the fans. A thorn in the side of ETSU so far this year for the majority of the year has been free throws. Coach addressed that as well. Free throws is something they got to work on on their own. And now I take some time in practice, but it's a, it's a mental thing. It's more mental than physical. You know, they've got to step up and make those shots. But the problem with practice is you can't, you can't have – you don't have a crowd at practice. You don't have score pressure at practice. You know, you're not – maybe you're fatigued a little bit, but not fatigued like a game. And so you got to relax. you got to step up there and make them. And we got some guys that can really do it. we got a couple, three guys that are struggling with it right now. And I think it's more mental than physical. Uh, but if the more repetitions you get, the more you deserve to make that shot. And so they got to continue to get high repetitions throughout the week. I had been curious about how Coach Forbes approached free throws, and similar with Brittany Azell's squad earlier this year that I obviously spent a lot of time around. Are they in the gym themselves working on free throws? Is that something that during practice – uh, there is time dedicated to free throws. If a team is struggling the way ETSU women's basketball was and the way that ETSU men's basketball is, and Coach Forbes just outright says it there, that's something they got to work on on their own. And it's a good point, I think, by Coach Forbes. At this level, all of these players have made free throws their entire lives, right? With varying levels of success, sure. Like you've got some of the bigger men um, that probably haven't had as much success at the free throw line as some of the guards, but – Regardless, at some point they've been high percentage free throw shooters or at the very least had the chance to improve on that. And Coach Forbes says he just turns to them to make sure that they are doing so and that 
I agree with Coach Ford. Mental rather than physical. Everyone has the physical tools to be able to be successful at the free throw line at the Division One level. It's are you putting in the time? Are you able to block out all the outside noise? Are you getting the reps and making sure that your head is in the right spot when you're at the line, correct? Yeah, and I find it interesting that uh, a lot of coaches nowadays, you know, hey, that's that's on you. It's your responsibility to get in the gym, and, and I, I don't know if that's a change or I just never – paid attention to it early in my career uh, as a broadcaster of you know you only got so much time in practice and if you're 20 hours a week right? yeah and and so you know roughly let's say it's about two hours a day give or take because game days are longer because sure. they got shoot around this that and other so uh my guess is they're they're trying to jam so much into practice that they're like we can't take 15 20 minutes just for free throws when that's something literally the gym is open all the time we have a practice gym you can go over to freedom hall there's basketball you can easily go in there and get, you know, 50 free throws up yeah. in a short period of time, right? Even going through your routine, you have 10 seconds, right, to shoot the basketball. And none of our guys are close to uh, getting a violation on shooting. So I find that interesting. The two points I think he brings up that you can't harp enough. One, the fatigue factor because, you know, you come from class and you go get a basketball and you go straight to the gym, right? You, you haven't ran for 25 minutes competing against somebody and, you know, some somebody's beating on you and, and, and trapping you and knocking you down and running through screens and all that. So the physicality of it's a little different. And, and the score pressure is yeah. the, the other brilliant one. Nobody's in the gym. I mean, you could even shoot with the lights off and, and you know, go yeah, 50 for 50 yeah. and think, oh, I'm awesome. You know, lights are off. But all of a sudden you look up and it's, uh, you know, 78, 77, and you got to tie it with two seconds to go. You know, it just changes things uh, – that you really can't duplicate unless you've been on the line. And there hasn't been a lot of guys on this team. And, again, ETSU's had very few, like, ice-the-game late-type free throws. Now, they've had free throws in the last several minutes that could have changed maybe the complexity of the game. The, the last one I could think of was uh, the, the one-on-ones for Patrick Good at Mercer. Uh, and then he had a chance, VMI one-on-one, after he'd hit those four free throws against VMI to sort of ice VMI, and he missed a front end. And then Jerome Rodriguez, who had been struggling a little bit in the game against Wofford, steps up there, goals a cucumber, and he knocks down a couple of them. So I think that's the two things you really can't mimic, but I do believe the more it's like putting, uh, and I'm a terrible putter, but, you know, sometimes it's just about rhythm, going through the reps and, and you know, knocking down those those three-footers, uh, you know, where most people just gimme and move on if you really – sit there and try to knock 100 of them in, how many would you hit? And I think that's similar to a free throw. It, it should be a gimme, but it obviously has not been for ETSU. Have you brought the shooting free throws with the lights off idea to Coach Forbes? I kind of like that. You shoot free throws with the lights off, shooting with the lights on is going to be pretty easy. Yeah, I have not, but it, uh, I do know where the lights are, are there uh, at the practice you facility. You just sneak in and kind of turn them that's off. That's what I'm just saying. I mean, because okay, I mean, well. it's truly not pitch black dark in there. There's enough – ambient light from the rest of the dome that gets in that you maybe could, it needs you to be could, pitch black dark. Yeah, well maybe so and then then you're just you know or just do the jordan where you just practice with your eyes closed for a while that works either way final one well i think there's five really talented teams in our league i think wofford and uh uncg us Furman, and sanford and i think if you blind us all up and said how do we look we'd all look about the same maybe uncg is a little longer a little more athletic maybe Maybe Wofford's a little bit thicker. Maybe we're kind of in between both those. Furman's probably not quite as physically gifted, but still uh, skilled and pretty lengthy. And Sanford has good pieces. I mean, I think Guerrero might be the he might be the best big in the league, besides Cameron Jackson. And those two would be a heck of a fight. Rafferty, I guess you have to count him in as a big. But 
So I think those five teams, I think we look like any of them, you know, and which means why we are where we are and we have a chance to, to win the league or win the probably not have a chance to win the regular season, but we do have a chance to win the tournament. Were you surprised to hear him include Sanford in that conversation? No, because I think he's right. They do have some pieces, and they've had probably four of the toughest losses you'll run into. I mean, truth be told, they had a great shot of beating ETSU at ETSU. They had Wofford beat. Uh, they also had a game against Chat that somehow slipped through their fingers, and I want to say that was another conference game. But they could very easily have a difference uh, in their record. And, I mean, ju- just within, like, a bucket, not not like saying four or five things down the stretch had to go their way. But if they just had four things go their direction, I really think that, that it would be a much different uh, scenario for where they are in the league standings right now. I mean, you're talking about them maybe being 9-4, and four, uh, which would be even with ETSU and Furman. Well, technically, they would have beaten ETSU in that scenario, so ETSU would be 8-5. and They would be above them. I say this. There's probably not a scarier bottom uh, of the pack team that nobody wants to play in a conference tournament <coughs> – excuse me, than Sanford, because right. I think Guerrero is solid. I think Sharky's there, and they've got just enough outside shooting to make him dangerous. Imagine if they had Christian Cunningham, who had double-digit assists last night for Louisville against Duke, Justin Coleman, who's starting at Arizona, and Wyatt Walker, who is starting at North Carolina State. I mean, that is absolutely incredible, the amount of talent that was there last year. And you look at the results, and they were – you know, relatively similar to this year, and now that it has gone on to Power 5 schools and starting elsewhere. But that's Coach Forbes, how ETSU stacks up against the rest of the league. And certainly, I think those top four have set themselves apart. But Sanford definitely, when you look at how they came back against ETSU with that 17-point deficit, sent it to overtime and some of their other losses, I think interesting on paper to hear Coach Forbes include them with the other top four in Furman, UNCG, ETSU, and Wofford. But if you dig a little bit deeper, and it doesn't take long, you just got to go maybe one level below the surface, uh, Sanford's certainly a dangerous squad that it would be nice for ETSU to avoid in the first round of the SOCON tournament. You look right now, and I don't have the standings right in front of me. I believe it's Sanford's sixth right now. Are they still behind Chattanooga? Is that correct? Uh, they are, yes. They're still behind Chattanooga by a full game. So that's good because I'd much rather have Chattanooga, quite honestly. Yes, uh, and that'll be a I mean, Right now, you know, the top really – Four seeds, uh, yes. and and because ETSU and Furman a three game lead on Chad and Sanford, of course, Wofford a four game lead on Furman and ETSU, and Greensboro UNCG a three game lead with UNCG still playing Furman, Wofford, and ETSU on the schedule. And I suppose that I'm assuming right now ETSU is a four. There's a tie break that would have to go on between ETSU and Furman because they split the regular season series, correct? Yes. So they're not necessarily four. I'm not saying they're four right now. I don't know what the tie break is, but just looking at well, what they I, are I in can the give you an easy one if UNCG sure. beats Furman. Then uh, um, and let's say UNCG beats Furman, ETSU would be uh, whoever can win out against UNCG or Furman was a knockoff UNCG or Wofford very easily. If Furman just beats Wofford, that would give them the tiebreaker because if the record of combined teams above you is that right? Right. Okay. Well, well, after you go through yours, so yes. if you're tied with that, then it goes to the top seed. Right. Okay. And the top seed would be Wofford. Gotcha. So Furman. Uh, has a shot to go ahead and eliminate that. So just take UNCG out. Let's say both both teams beat UNCG, then the next thing would be uh, Wofford. And then if it goes there, it's got to go to the team below. So and it's then, not combined record of those teams above you. It is first no, seed, but, second seed, and then so on and so forth. Right, and, okay. and what would probably help ETSU is if Sanford could uh, leapfrog chat if it came down to UNCG, where uh, like if the Bucks and Furman both beat UNCG, Wofford beats Furman. 
So they would be both 0-2 against Wofford, both 1-1 against UNCG, then it would be the next team. And ETSU would prefer that to be Sanford since ETSU swept Sanford and Furman did not. So, uh, but and, and again, that that's huge because you're right. If that happens, then you know that puts Sanford in the four or five game with Furman in that scenario. I think you just went away from Sanford. Long story you short, went away ETSU is the three. I want Sanford as the five. If ETSU is the four, I want Sanford as the six. I think that's a good way to summarize it. Yeah, there you go. All right, that'll do it. When we come back, what are we talking? Baseball. Joe that Panucci. time of year, Joe Panucci's got a lot of new hurlers, I've heard. So we'll uh, talk to him. A lot of new everything. For Joe oh, okay. All right. We'll talk to Joe Panucci about that. His second year as a head baseball coach here at ETSU. They get underway Friday, and we'll talk to him about that right after this time out from Santos and the Sidekick on the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City.
Sandos the sidekick. It is Wednesday and two days before opening day for ETSU baseball. You might think it would be a tough task to get head coach Joe Panucci out of his office, away from the practice field this time of year. And I believe it is, Coach, because you have so much going on. Appreciate you taking the time just to give us uh, a rough look at the 2019 Bucks. Of course, we'll know more over the non-conference season going into the conference year, and we hope to have you back on again then. But would first like to talk about, before we get to opening day, uh, what the team will look like this year and expectations for this season. Just talk about last year, 28 and 25, second straight year for the program above 500. I count that as a big victory in your first year here at ETSU. It seems like to stand pat in that way, just coming in trying to figure out the roster you have, not having a lot of your own guys, that that's a very positive result for you and the box. Yes, for sure. Um, well, it's good to be here, good chatting with you. Uh, I think most of all, you know, uh, the experience that we had last year on the offensive end was um, something that was important. You know, we had a lot of guys. I mean, shoot, I think Chris Cook is – like 28 or 30 I don't know that's an old <laughs> old senior um, but we had a lot of those guys that had kind of been around a long time and they were able to um, you know they they'd had a lot of SOCON at-bats they'd had a lot of at-bats and you know on the mound I don't know that we had as much experience uh, a couple of guys but you know that led to giving some other guys some opportunities that'll hope to help us this year um, that being said also positionally there's some some younger guys that got some opportunities last year that I think will carry over but yeah, I think, you know, I, I was happy with last year in some ways that I feel like, you know, we were able to kind of establish an atmosphere that we want to sort of build a base on and then this year continue to kind of build that pyramid and just kind of get the foundation of what we're trying to accomplish. What was the experience like for you? I mean, your first year as a head coach at the Division One level, you had 12 years at Stony Brook, six of those as associate head coach. I'm sure you knew somewhat what to expect. Uh, I'm also sure that there are probably some things that you didn't expect that came up. So what was the experience like? It's obviously something that – Many coaches work for their entire lives. Yeah, I'm blessed to have the opportunity for sure. I mean, shoot, it was, uh, you know, like I, like you said, some some guys don't have that chance. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, like, I, you know, ETSU is a cool place. You know, we play in a great stadium. Um, people here support it. You know, they I think they, they want a winner. They want a team that competes. And, and what else can you ask for? You know, and I – I believe we can get good student athletes in here, and, and I like our team. I like our player. I like what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so, shoot, even if I have anxiety, which I do like everybody else, sure. when I start thinking of our players, that cuts my anxiety down because I feel think about the development that I see them making, and that's what this is all about, trying to get guys better and getting them to, to develop and, and to you know create an atmosphere that you know ultimately um, you know executes a winning culture. You talked about Chris Cook. Let's talk about some of those other seniors that are gone. Christian Bailey, Caleb Longley, Aaron Mara. I mean, really a big four on offense for your team that fans were very familiar with. Caleb Longley kind of a bust out your last year to be one of the better power hitters in the SOCON. Christian Bailey, I'll, I'll have one of the memories of him for, for many years uh, coming off the bench late in the season. You know, it's, there are some rumors floating around that, oh, his leg injury might be pretty serious, may not play again for that matter, and then you hear his, his music hit like a WWE moment. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, there, here comes Christian in a big, a big spot. A big Star Wars guy, so I think it was like the, the Star Wars theme, so that made it so much, you know, it's like him out with a big lanky Gumby-looking guy with like... <laughs> 
With like a lightsaber or whatever. The it, it, yeah, it was the Star Wars theme. He used that lightsaber pretty well. Almost put one out to right field, but uh, had a very dramatic moment there. Uh, and, and then, of course, Aaron Mayer, who kind of did a little bit of everything for your team. You know, played some outfield and then hopped on the mound with that fastball that he had. And then on the pitching side, Russell Kesters and Ryan Simpler on the mound. Of those that graduated, those were really two of your top three on the mound last year in terms of a weekend rotation and then the big four on offense. It seems pretty obvious that it's tough to replace those guys. It is. It is. It's, it's huge. I mean, you know, you you lose. I don't know that I've ever had a, you know, all the years that I've been doing this, that I've had actually 10 seniors hmm. that have graduated. I think that's, that's a lot for baseball when right. you consider the draft and you consider the different shuffling of classes and, and JUCO and all those kind of things that can happen in our sport. Yeah, ten man classes a lot. Yeah, um, and we had some open roster spots when we got in, so our class is, is was significantly larger than I think you would anticipate or that you'd really, you know, write on paper. But yeah, I mean, you, you lose two weekend guys, and and those guys, you know, were able to keep us in some games. I think Russell was a kid who kind of came out of nowhere. You know, right. like he he had some innings, and I was really proud of the way he that he pitched and and kept us in some games in, in some of those SoCon games early, and um, obviously. You know, um, not only offensively, but like, you know, defensively with Christian Bailey. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. one of the better first basemen that I've ever coached. And when you lose somebody like that, scratch the offense, it's tough to replace that. Sure. You know, Um, not that I don't think that we'll be fine at first, but. It's something you realize. You're like, man, that's that's a that's a nice guy to have on your side. And something not a lot of people think about, right? They don't think it was first base is like a very key defensive position. A lot of the times, just like, yeah. oh, it's the guy that catches the ball who you know has other people throw it to him. Right. Not really the case. It, no, no, it's not. And I, and I think, and it, we all get stuck in this. You know, you don't want to recruit guys that just, you know, that are one dimensional that just hit because hey, if they don't hit, they don't they can't give you any opportunity. And a lot of those guys end up being first basemen. So. Right. You know, I think sometimes, obviously, you get those kind of players, but you know that's a position. Once you see, hey man, this guy can really defend, it's pretty good. And obviously, you know Longley and Mayer and and, and Cook, that's a big part of your lineup. And yeah, it's uh, it'll be a big it'll be a big um, miss seeing those guys in the lineup. But um, as we kind of move forward, I think I think we'll get going in the right direction. It might be a little bit different team, maybe not as much power, but I think we'll kind of get there. So the guys that are back, it doesn't stop really those 10 seniors. It really, a lot of the roster is flipped. Jackson Greer, Cade Gilbert, Micah Katzer, Daniel Sweeney, David Beam, Colin Smith, James Giambalvo, Sean Carney, Matt Mercer, Ben Jackson. There's not a lot of times where you can name off every single guy that is back on a baseball roster because usually it's around, you know, 35, 40, 45. Um, it seems like you're kind of putting your stamp on this program now, right? You got your one year in. Um, you had, you know, the roster that you were dealt. And it seems like, and I don't know if it was by design or not, and you can uh, set me straight if it was not, but it seems like with a lot of the guys that have come in, th- these are now – your players and maybe earlier than some coaches you're having a chance to work with a lot of your guys usually it's year three or four when the majority of the roster is for a new coach yeah uh you know i i consider geez i consider those guys my players anyway you know david beam and those guys like i i mean if he was on the street i'd recruit him just like (laughs) i would anyway so um but yeah we're we're like I said, it's just unique. I think mm-hmm. you lose that many guys. I mean, we just had kind of the luck of the draw, I guess. Sure. You lose that many guys. You had eight open roster spots. That's 18. Right. Um, you know, and then a couple of moving pieces here and there, and all of a sudden you Which got, happens with every program. It does. Yeah. It does. So you get kind of a larger class, like you said, than you really expect. But I do think some of these guys had some experience, you know, and that's kind of the good part. You know, um, you know, you got a guy like Colin Smith who's back, and that's his third year, and, um, you know, Greer who's back is, is a – Second-year starter, third-year player, yeah. um, you know. Uh, so th- those are kind of the nice pieces to 
to be able to go into the season and say, you know what, you guys had a little experience. You've seen those ups and downs. You've dealt with some adversity, and you can kind of help these younger guys, these inexperienced guys, help with those adversities. Because, you know, this game is tough, man. I, I try to tell these guys all the time, I, don't put yourself through weird situations because the game will be weird enough to you. You know right. what I mean? Things are going to happen. Right. The, uh, and I think that it's always good to be able to lean on a guy that kind of have gone through like a one for 13 or a, you know, a situation where they didn't execute when they could have. Or at the same time, if they're hot and they're on fire, to keep them saying, hey, man, keep the process going, keep the work going, because uh, I remember this and then this happened. And uh, So we have enough guys, I think, that can bounce that off. But, you know, you, there's no practice for experience, right? You know, right. there's plenty of guys that have not played at this level, but I have seen some development in them, and um, it's it's exciting. It'll be good to play somebody in a different uniform, that's for sure. We're not going to be able to talk about every newcomer, right, because there's a lot of them, but who will we see, if you're not asking to give away any secrets or anything, but who do you see, you know, kind of stepping in? There's even when you look at, obviously, on the pitching side, we talked about you losing – two of your three weekend guys that obviously creates a hole for some others to step up and fill that and then on the position player side I think I counted six that are back that had some action last year in the lineup uh, which is a pretty healthy number maybe didn't play every day every one of them but uh, obviously there are uh, spaces where newcomers can fill in who do you expect to fill those holes and I'm sure you're excited about a variety of different players that are now in the blue and gold yeah um Positionally, I think um, Jake Lyle, uh, who's from Ball State, Tennessee kid, uh, good player. He's an uh, infielder, pretty versatile, can kind of play all three positions. Um, Noah Hill as well. Uh, he's a Cleveland State kid. He, he's uh, him and Kate Gilbert, actually, kind of. I think, think they grow up or hang out in that same kind of Ringgold area. Right. So they're always talking the Ringgold lingo. I don't know what that, <laughs> what that is. But, um, good player. He's, gonna, you know, he's been working out a lot at first for us. Um, pretty versatile kid. Uh, those are two that have sort of stepped in. Tyler Cox is a kid from Maple Woods. He's kind of a Midwest kid. He was nobody more upset about the Chiefs losing than mm. him. But uh, he, uh, I think he's over it now. But he's it was he, he clamoring for new overtime rules. I yeah, guess. oh yeah, 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 no doubt. But he, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that has kind of came in from a junior college ring. So there's been some junior college guys that have sort of um, sort of emerged and. Um, and we're, we hope that they can kind of help us out. And uh, Landon Nax, a Science Hill kid who is at Walter State, uh, who, who, you know, gives some innings on the mound and who also is, um, you know, swings the bat a little bit too. Hooper Mills is a left-hander who could certainly be a starter or, or kind of a long relief guy depending on, you know, what role he, he ultimately gets. Uh, so those are just some of the JUCO guys that, that we have. Um, you know, not including uh, Daniel Sweeney, by the way, who's a fifth-year guy, Science Hill guy, who, you know, did a lot of midweek games for us last year. And, right. and, and honestly, I, I think, you know, I'm most proud of the way he's kind of developed and, and his work ethic and because he really didn't get many innings prior to last year, and he's kind of jumped in, and uh, he's really developed. So, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm rooting for everybody, but it's good to see that, you know, where a kid hangs around a couple years and is, you know, fifth-year guy, local kid, and and he's really, um, really, com- really competes and really has kind of developed into a pretty good pitcher. And Coach Posey, our pitching coach, has done a really good job, I think, connecting with him and all of our pitchers. Well, it is hard not to root for a guy like that, right? Yeah. A local product, someone that, like you said, I mean, I mean, didn't step in and have 
immediate time on the field. And so a lot of guys after a year or two will say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me, either go somewhere else or just drop the sport altogether. But sticks around, sees some payoff last year, and then I'm sure he's hoping this year to see even an even bigger payoff. I'm sure a fan favorite. You know, a lot of people uh, cheer a little uh, extra when he goes to the mound. And even as someone that's coaching him, I'm sure you love to see that because you know that it wasn't just handed to him when he came in. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't think it was at all. And I think if he was here, he'd probably tell you the same thing. But uh, it's good to see him and, um, see, like I said, see him develop. And he's, he's a great kid. The, uh, the non-conference schedule and what you notice instantly is that there's a lot of schools from your neck of the woods coaching-wise that pop up on the schedule. Iona, of course, is coming up this weekend. Wagner, LIU, Brooklyn, NJIT is kind of right there. Uh, I don't know the exact proximity to Stony Brook, but certainly the New York and surrounding area. Exciting matchups for fans in the non-conference. Clemson, Virginia Tech twice, uh, Tennessee twice in terms of some of the bigger-name programs around the area. So I think this non-conference schedule has a little bit of everything. Everything, which I'm excited about has got some of the big names but it's also got some teams that ETSU otherwise in the past hasn't been very familiar with yeah it, it's cool you know a lot of those guys are my friends I've had sure. you know it, it's kind of as is any profession kind of a coaching fraternity and you get a chance to spend a lot of time with these guys on the road and right. you know when I got this job I, I said hey we're going to try and play as many home games as we can one because I think it's a great place to play Two, I spent at least 15 years being on the road for, I think, a month and a half. So <laughs> if I could avoid that at all costs, I will. But, yeah, I tell you what, there's some programs that you might not have heard of. But, you know, Iona, I mean, they have a they have a really good arm. It's throwing Saturday against this. I think he had an under, under a one ERA or something. So, you know, we'll be challenged right away. <clears throat> Wagner, heck, they almost won 40 games last year. Yeah. They're returning a lot of guys. LIU was in a regional last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think, um, you know, NJIT, they're in a really good league. So there's some there's some guys coming down. Yeah, they're my friends, but at the same time, I think that they'll get us better. And yeah, you talk about the non leagues. I mean, clearly Virginia Tech, Tennessee, you know, having those home and home are really good, and uh, especially you know playing anybody in, in those two leagues. And then Vanderbilt, um, I think they're going to be okay this year. I'm not sure, but they're usually uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just okay. going by history. I think they'll yeah. be all right. So that'll be a pretty neat trip. And then obviously Clemson's, you know, um, not too far away. And I, I just think it's a great opportunity to to play um, that competition because you just never know, um, you know, what you're getting into until you get into it, right? right. So you get in those atmospheres, you see against, you, you compete against those guys, and that's where you ultimately want to be. If you're, I've been fortunate enough to be in some regionals and super regionals, and, and of course, even Omaha one year, and you're typically thrown in the lion's den. Like you're, you know, you're a four seed, you might be a three seed, typically you're a four seed, yeah. and you're, in an atmosphere that is tough and you know you have to be able to sort of be able to dip back in some of that experience and say you know what we've been here before we faced these guys we've you know uh, we've won we've lost we've competed and I don't know that you can do that if you don't um, uh, don't try to compete that so to me it's um, it's great atmosphere and it's a great opportunity for these guys to be around that and great programs and great coaches and heck we all win you know we all we all learn stuff uh, from, from guys like that and from programs like that but It'll be cool. It'll be good to have some of these guys down here. I think Georgetown's coming in. They got some good arms yep. this year, uh, so it'll be nice to have them down. But yeah, we try to shake up the schedule a little bit. And it's funny. I've ran into some people that said, "Hey, yeah, I got a cousin that's going here." Oh, really? Yeah, a yeah. friend of mine that's from here, and and so that so that's pretty cool. 
And of course, the non-conference is so important to get you ready for the conference here in a Southern Conference. Maybe you weren't as familiar with as you are this year, of course, coming in, spending an entire year around it. Does it help familiarity-wise now knowing, you know, kind of some of the coaches around the league a bit better and the program's kind of their stamp and what they try to do, their identity as you go to different ballparks around the region and teams in turn come to Thomas Stadium? Does that help in terms of preparation? Does it help in terms of getting the guys ready, uh, their mindset? Or is baseball baseball at some point along the way? I think it's a little of both. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is the same. It's like that Hoosiers thing when they measure the, you know, the, the – the math, uh, free, free throw, yeah, it's, it's kind of the, kind of yeah. similar in some ways, but uh, it's a great league, man. It, it really is. There's good coaches in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, this conference is It's it's better than I would have thought. Not yeah. that I had any bad expectations, but it's a very good league. There's a lot of good players. You can kind of just see. Uh, Look at the draft last year. No doubt, it was incredible. Yeah, and uh, seeing some of those guys and seeing some of the coaches and the history that they've done, and, um, I'm uh, I'm happy to compete against them. It's awesome, um, but. Yeah, you do know some of the idea. You do know kind of, you know, who runs, who does this, who does that. But at the end of the day, you know, we're just trying to continue to get better every day and kind of worry more about us and what we have to try to accomplish. But certainly it does help to be in one year. At least you kind of know, you know, you know what color blue somebody's wearing or red, (laughs) orange somebody's wearing it. Uh, And see some of the ballparks, too. I mean, that's, I think, um, what's always kind of interesting, too, is kind of going to different ballparks, knowing kind of what you're getting into. Because uh, some places I hadn't been, some places I had, uh, so that so that'll be good. But yeah, it's I mean it's a great league, and uh, I, I don't know that the league gets enough respect to be honest with you. Are expectations the same every year? Different every year? Does it depend on the roster? Are you someone that says, look, we are winning a conference title this year? That's expectation. Are we getting to a regional this year? That's expectation. Does it adjust? Does it ebb and flow? Where is your mindset on that? And what have you communicated with the guys? I I communicate. I ask them to do nothing more than to compete every day Mm -hmm. compete every day and let's try to get a percent better every day if we can get a percent better every day i think we're going to go in the right direction Mm -hmm. um it's too crazy of a game to to, you know to start day predict yeah we could have goals there's no doubt i I, you know we all have goals but i i don't want them to you know i expect them to go to class i expect them to be in practice i expect them to be on time i expect them to compete every day we don't have a ton of rules but i expect you to to um, compete and be ready to play every day. And I think if we do that and we continue to get better, which I have seen, I think we'll go in the right direction. And, and if you're doing those things and if you're accomplishing those um, points as you go, I feel like you know that'll lead you in the right direction to, to competing for championships and, and competing in the conference tournament and in the conference play. Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Thomas Stadium, the opener for the 2019 season, 4 p.m., then Saturday you'll have a 2 p.m. start and a 1 p.m. start. Three of a scheduled, I think it's like 54, 56, something. Long season, no doubt about that. It's a grind. But as you said, a lot of chances to see ETSU at home. Next weekend's Wagner. The week after that, LIU Brooklyn. I mean, there's not a lot of away non-conference series. So, so many opportunities to go see the Bucks at Thomas Stadium starting this weekend. Make sure to go out and see head coach Joe Panucci squad. Coach, thank you. Thank you. Awesome to be here. Joe Panucci on Sandoz and the Sidekick. Back with more after this break on the Buccaneer Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. 
we're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new Made to Crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new Made to Crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Conversation. The guy's in a free agent until 2020. Is it the end of the 2020 season, Landon? In the words of John Malkovich and Rounders, pay that man his money. We've got two full years, though, right? We've got two full years until he's a free agent. How is this already a thing? I think he's I given them. Pay him whatever he wants. Well, yeah, but here's whatever what he, he said. He said, you've got till now, if you want me to sign an extension with you, which means you get him a little more cheap than if you wait two years, in which he's not going to talk to you. So many but there's a full other offseason ahead that they can sign him. Because I saw he isn't going to negotiate during the year. So then they have one full other offseason to do this. And for some Which reason, will cost you more. Which will cost you more. 
Well, he's going to get paid either way, right? I mean, uh, but but again, it's relative. Do if you can get well, you know, it's like they signed Chris. Well, the Cubs did Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. They signed him in like thirty, forty million dollar deals now because they had, you know, a little bit of leeway, so it bought them a little bit of time. And then when that runs out, then they're going to have to pay the if they decide. Chris Bryant's are on record saying he's probably going to take max dollars everywhere. Landon, I put the odds at the Mets signing Jacob Bagram at about one in a thousand, maybe one in ten thousand, simply because it's the Mets. I think he's going to come back. Wow. Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd put it the other way. I'd say it's an eighty percent chance he comes 80% back. Eighty percent chance. I, I mean, the it, guy has never he's won. Uh-huh. He's thirty-one. He's twenty-nine, thirty-one, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, he's not a young guy. He started a little later. Was a position switch. You know, he's dominant. Degrominant. You know, you know mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's getting a little older, so they got time. I'm not worried. Let's worry about this year. Let's try to win some games. And uh, more importantly, Harper and Machado still not signed I would for think, this year. I would think that Jacob Degrom, being older, would want a chance to win a World Series. And clearly, since that's not the case with the Mets, he has absolutely zero shot of doing Whoa. so. Zero shot of doing so. <laughs> hey, 1991 is a year that will live in infamy in Minnesota. He ain't going to Minnesota. That's okay. I, well, of course not. Minnesota's never signed an impact free agent. Anyway, we don't need to get too far off track. But I'm guessing you're excited that spring training is here, correct? 150th season of Major League Baseball. Wow. You betcha. I think it's. I mean, that's impressive. Um, it's going to be a good year. I think there's a lot of competition at the top, and there's a lot of competition at the bottom. Uh, there's just there's no doesn't seem to be any real excitement in the middle ground of a team trying to raise up. But it's spring training. Eternal hope for everybody. And uh, everybody's hoping it's their year, so let's get it cranking. All right. Uh, is that it for baseball? Are we moving on, or you got something else? Yeah, I got nothing. I uh, mean, other than Machado and Harper, those two guys just trying to hold out for a $400 million deal. Not, not happening. Coming. Not, happen. not happening. Let me, yep. let me quickly throw on the board uh, some over-under win totals because those are out for MLB teams. Last year, of course, leading the majors was Boston with 108 wins, and the Astros had 103. The Astros are at 97 and a half wins. That's their over-under. They lead baseball in terms of the projections. And then I, I can only imagine at the bottom is Derek Jeter and the Marlins. Oh, the Orioles, 59. So they're being projected for 103 Ooh. losses. Ooh. And the Marlins are at 63. Derek Jeter bringing in Jorge Posada as a special assistant, I saw. So maybe that translation Georgie. on the field. Well, yeah, maybe the on-the-field yeah. success will translate to the front office, but for some reason, I think not. The Marlins aren't going to ever win anything. They have less shot than the Mets. The Mets, 77 landed, so they're kind of right in the middle. We're going over with the Mets. Yeah, all right. Um, I mean, that's 500. I mean, it, you got to go 500 with that kind of team. So, And you got the Marlins like 19 times, so you figure that's like 14 wins. Yeah, I believe the Braves will be taking a step yeah. back. Yeah. Yep. Phillies yep. may be so, the wild card there. Anyways. Could uh, be interesting. Um, yeah, hey, anyways, great segue there, Jay. Yeah, um, I thought you were going to say something. Down in my I was trying to drink some coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. Who's the professional on this show? Um, uh, Daytona. Let's talk no. Daytona. You know, it's 500 this weekend, kicking off the NASCAR season. Who you got, guys? Uh, you need I'll, me to run down some No, for you? no. Well, you probably, because I'm not a NASCAR okay. guy. All right, well, let's, let's set the stage. We got Joey Logano as the defending series champ. We got Austin Dillon in the three cars, the defending 500 champ. You got Jimmy Johnson, who didn't win a race last year and then wrecked the whole field to win the Clash this past weekend. Love that. You got William William Byron. Hey, yeah, gotta love that. William Byron, uh, 21 years old, on the pole, was Rookie of the Year last year. 
uh, and then you got the big three or four there that we didn't even talk about yet. You got Harvick, you got Truex, Kyle Busch in that mix. You got Kozlowski, a former winner. So you got a lot of guys to choose from. So who you got? Brad Kozlowski. Did he say that right? Is that the correct pronunciation? Because that'll be a win for That's Jay close Sandoz. enough for me. Well done. That's close enough for me. Brad K. I like Brad K. Sidekick, who you got? I'm breaking it down in depth here. You're going to eliminate from the rest of the field the people that didn't make the playoffs from last year. So there were 16 drivers that made it, correct? Uh, so you've got Joey Logano that was def- the defending series champ. Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch are the two names that stand out to me at number six and seven in the playoff standings. I'm thinking that Kyle Busch gets the 500 that his brother had in 2017 and pulls even with Kurt Busch, one 500 for each of them. That's that's pretty good pick. Boom. It'd be hard to argue any other way. He's he's got to be the best wheelman out there. I'm going. I always like going with the favorite driver at Daytona. I like Chase Elliott. He's going to come in. Uh, he's been on the pole a couple times. Hasn't really uh, worked out for him. But I think coming from the back of the field late, you avoid that big re- first wreck, and then there's going to be another one. Make your move late. Um, so I'm going with Chase. I'm going with the kid, and I think he's going to get it done and set the stage for a great year. Um, speaking of which, we're only 53 days from the Food City 500 here at Bristol Motor Speedway. Tickets available now at BristolMotorSpeedway.com and Food City Stores. There's your quick uh, promo there. Great plug. Um, that's 53 days away to the Food City 500. We're really excited about everything that's coming here. 54 days away, the, the next day, yeah. it starts Masters Week. Yes. starts Masters Week. Yes. Can't so, <laughs> interesting stuff. More interesting story. Phil wanting to play night golf at Pebble Beach and finish his round, or Tiger eating In-N-Out burgers uh, in between groups. To me, I would expect Phil to eat the In-N-Out burgers because he's my hero. <laughs> And we're built similarly, so I'm going to go, if Phil would have ate the burgers, I was going Phil. Changing the question. I love it. But if if I have to be stuck with night golf or In-N-Out burgers, I'm still going food. I'm going Tiger. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Tiger's slamming In-N-Out burgers only makes me love him more. And if it comes down to Tiger versus the field, I'm definitely taking Tiger. If it comes down to Tiger versus Burger, I'm taking Tiger. If it comes down to Tiger versus anything, I'm taking Tiger. So the fact that Tiger is living a more uh, relaxed life, it seems like, this time around in golf, it doesn't seem like he's putting so much pressure on himself. He's having some more success again, kind of taking things as they come, and obviously having much success in crushing the fast food game means that Tiger Woods is on top of his game. And and this would be about the only time I take Tiger over Phil. I'm a bigger Phil guy. Now, Tiger's the better player. Tiger's the greatest. uh, uh, I I saw Jack when I was very young towards the end make some runs, but for my generation, it's Tiger. But Phil's my hero. I mean, look at him. Amazing. Big, chubby guy, hot wife, makes lots of money, can avoid uh, uh, prosecution from the SEC, all kinds of things. Phil's my guy. Great role model. Yes. Um, You know, it's interesting. Uh, You look at 2019 now and where Tiger is, and would you think of, you know, 10 years ago that you'd see Tiger Woods eating a burger? No. Of course. Not at all. Just hamming it up. That's what I love. With a caddy. Tiger is entering his twilight years. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. You know, he's had had an interesting interesting ride lately. But, you know, he got a win at the end of last year. Do we think he's going to win a major this year? Who knows? Um, but Phil winning at Pebble, they got the U.S. Open there this year. You know, they come back, and that's the one he needs to finish his career Grand Slam. So it got me thinking, and that's dangerous. 
three guys on the tour currently are a win away from the career grand slam. Of course, Tiger has his. Actually, twice he has his. Rory, former ETSU signee, needs the Masters. Phil needs the U.S. Open, and he's getting older. He's running out of time. And Jordan Spieth needs the PGA. He's got three career majors, one of each. He needs the PGA Championship. So do you take one of those three, or do you take the field? Somebody from further out. Kepka won two last year. Do you take the field, or do you take one of those three guys to get there first? Well, you, there? You, you know my answer. It's going to be Tiger. So I'm taking Tiger versus the field. because Tiger already has one. Tiger's not an option. Well, you said him, or you said those three, or the field. And I'm taking Tiger versus the field, so I'm taking the field. So you're going to take Tiger to win the Grand Slam again? Oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, all four. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger Woods. Yeah, I mean, you come to well, he threw me off. I didn't know where he's going with yeah. it for a second. I thought, I didn't what? either. Yeah, wow. You thought I changed the question a lot. Tiger was like, yeah. Look, when it comes down to Tiger versus the field with Tiger in a major, it's always Tiger. So none of those three will get their career Grand Slam. Tiger will get his I, third. I don't have enough time to look it up, but I'm curious. And I'm, my guess is it's not a lot. Guys who have won Pebble Beach and then the year that the PGA – or, I'm sorry, the U.S. Open – is there uh, has doubled up on that. My guess is it's very slim. So I'm going to say Got it. not Phil. Yeah. I'm going to say, and Roy struggles at Augusta. I say God, Jordan has trouble hitting fairways at the PGA for some reason. I'm going to – oh, Kepka's not very good at the Masters either. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Spieth. Just, without, without being able to look a, a few things up, I'm going to go off the top of my head. Jordan's. I'm gonna go Jordan. I, I like that pick too. I'm gonna I'm gonna double up with you. Um, I think he's the one that he because the course moves around so much. Uh, now it's moving to May. He's he's kind of been just he starts the season great um, sometimes and that could carry over. So I'm gonna go Jordan. I'm not gonna say that any of them are gonna get it this year, but I think Jordan is the first one to get it. All right. Well, that was a good. I like the, the smorgasbord, if you will. Potpourri, uh, I think, is a little popper, a little sports potpourri this morning. So, you boys have a good one, and we will see you next week. All right, Landon, appreciate it. That's Sweet. Lando's land. Uh, when we come back, we'll got new segment. Are we, are we even saying who it is? No. All right, we got a new thing coming up uh, right after this timeout. Sanderson sidekick. This is the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay, Ando, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com. 
member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Bry guy, what'd you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Ooh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And the sidekick putting the wraps on this Wednesday. We've talked a little hoops. We've talked baseball. We talked uh, what was Landon's word potpourri of stuff. I'm, do you know what that is, Mike? More than three syllables. Something so that smells good, right? Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's it's flowers. I don't know what it is. It's some sort of fragrance. That's all I got. So last segment of today, we've already kicked Trey off Wednesdays. Uh, we gave him enough time to come up with something. It was a nice run for Trey. Yeah, I didn't like it. So, uh, And he tried to – we were going to go with Tweets by Trey was a new segment. Didn't yeah. work out well. We, we've totally shunned that. So now we're thinking about a new segment. Today's our um, dry run, if you will. And, uh, Mike, you come up with the name of it. I'll let you say it. Well, we were just sitting here talking with Nasir Player, who was in studio with us, and, of course, fantastic defensive end for the ETSU football team. I was trying to come up with a play off his name, right? And mm-hmm. with Nasir Player, it's a relatively easy one to come up with. Play on player. Yeah, sure. Now, I'm, now I've I'm heard that many times in my life. Have you? Walking down the street. People play on, them. play. Yeah, they, <laughs> right there. They just yell at me. You've heard that. I've got you've that. Heard, you've heard people say that to someone else while you're walking by. Is well, I, I'm not going to split hairs. I'm just going to say <laughs> it was it, sad. Yeah. It could have been, you know, my roommate uh, might have been him. He, he tended to have a lot of dates, so. They call this your player Nas. I was also thinking, you know, it could be something with Ether because Nas sure, had a famous yeah. track Ether. It was a, it's a great song. A great song. Well, probably a top three diss song of all time, if not Definitely. number one. Uh, I know Takeover was pretty good by Jay Z too, and there's been some others along the way, but Ether would have been another one. Uh, but play on player, it's just too perfect. Didn't they have in my a? Opinion. Didn't they go back and forth? You know what that's called? It's called a, a beef. A beef. Yeah. A beef. A di- I've heard of that. And this may be some of the segment is what we're thinking. This is kind of a semi-on-air production meeting. Uh, with Nasir Player, we've been trying to formulate what this whole segment's going to be about, and we've kind of been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. Uh, things that are very common amongst youth these days, you know, uh, slang terms, content, social media type stuff, that Nasir and maybe even myself would know and perhaps – Jay Sandoz, we need to educate you about. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think I got off the cool train in the early 2000s. <laughs> the fact that you're uh, calling it the cool train. Yeah, sure, that. sure. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, a lot of people may not have known I actually was a disc jockey uh, while I was uh, moonlighting sports at night because, you know, it didn't pay enough uh, doing minor league and high school games, stuff like that. So I actually worked at a, a conglomerate of stations where they did different things. So it was weird. I'd have to go do, like, rock and roll on one station, hip-hop on another station, and then – you know, uh, classics, if you will, on another one, or uh, 
adult contemporary where it's it's more geared towards ladies and you have to change voices and names and go. So I, there was a little bit of time I knew something about music, but I got I got off that uh, a long time ago and finally uh, just dove into the sports thing. I figured it was a better career for me. Uh, now the other thing I thought uh, we could do with Nasir is get a different type of opinion if there is something that we because you know we tend to argue over sports things because uh, you know it's a sports same podcast. old opinions between yeah, you and yeah, yeah right and so I'm very set in what I believe you clearly said when you believe so sometimes we may be able to say okay here's a guy that's not heard our argument all week sure. not give away which means you'll have to ask the question because you know I'll load it in favor of my way <laughs> and then you give Nas a question and see what happens so for instance this year player do you pay attention to the NBA uh, not close attention, not but I, I know what's going on. Though. Okay, the, did you hear about the Chris Stapp Porzingis trade? Mm-hmm. That was a big one. So we, me and Austin Herring talked about that on Tuesday. So of course, me and Austin had our differing opinions. That's not something you and me had talked about, Jay. But you could bring Nasir in on something like that. Something, some big happening in the sports world. Not that we talk a whole lot of NBA. Oh, I got a good one. I got a good one. So uh, I've already lost his name. The Buffalo Bills quit at halftime. Oh gosh! Uh, uh, retired. Can't remember his name. Yeah, oh, I can't remember. Uh, it was, oh, Von, Von, something. Vontae. Mike Davis. Vontae Davis. Davis. Davis, right? Because he played for the Colts forever. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on a guy just saying? Oh, this is a good one. I'm just, I'm hanging it up at halftime, guys. I, I, I just, I'm not doing any good. Um, I feel like it was interesting to quit at halftime. <clears throat> like you could have waited till after the game, but he had his reasons. I mean, he didn't really. I don't really know his exact reasons. He I, it had to be a good reason for him to quit at halftime. But, you know, I'm not going to say I agree or disagree with it. You know, everyone has their own opinion. Everyone feels – everyone has a reason to do what they feel is best for what they – is for them. So Everyone is booing the podcast right now. <laughs> we brought you on here, Nasir, for an opinion. Go. Come on. This <laughs> no, is how you get in the no, business. No, this is how right. you get in the business. But, but he's right. I, no, he is everyone right. Has, so it, True, because we were just mad because he, you're Yeah, that's right. You didn't agree with me. That's yeah. the reason I'm mad. Right. I, uh, I was like you. Your first thought uh, was you just couldn't wait 30 more minutes of football. Minutes. That was, that was, I didn't care that he quit. I was just like you just couldn't finish the game. And my argument was where in pro football – you're limited in the number of people. There's only 46 that are there with injuries. They only have so many at certain positions. And so it could put somebody, not just a team that's going to lose a game in a bad spot, but it could be guys out of position that could you know, cause other things that could go on. That was my, really my argument more than I was upset that he, he knew it was time to go. I, to me, if it's time to go and you're, you knew you were doing your team more harm, I respect that part of it. I just thought, just wait 30 more minutes. That I, was my thing. I think it was definitely a selfish decision, but, I mean, you got to look out for yourself. You Which is shocking because Mike will tell you I'm much more selfish than he is. And generally, I go with the uh, the selfish decision over the uh, – the team decision. But on that one, I was just like, wait, 30 more minutes. Yeah, Which was, I was shocked. We flip-flopped on that Yeah, one. I very much agreed with your second point that everyone has the reasons. You can't be inside a guy's head. He needed to do what was right for him at the time. I related it to, and I'll see what you think about this. I related it to, at the time, a girl that you've been with that you just cannot stand to be around one more second. And I've had a couple of those. You know, it's just... Her, her presence, you know, her being around you, you're just like, if I have to deal with this one more second, uh, I'm going to cut the brakes in my own car and drive down the nearest steep hill. You know, like, it's over for me. So with him, I think football was his girl. 
He was like, you know what? I'm sick of the hypocrisy. I'm sick of this team. I'm sick of these. I'm sick of Nathan Peterman playing quarterback for my team because he's horrendous, <laughs> and we're going to lose every game with him. So, so I thought that there were a lot of things that could have gone in the reverse of Jay Sanders' opinion. So I was kind of on the same page as you with the second part of your point. I, I just, I just want to say I have no idea what you're talking about in the girlfriend analogy. That's good for you. That's good for you. No, no. I mean, I, 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 I feel like the the girl was doing that to me. It was like mid appetizer. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, just I, I, I got I got. I got to take this, and they just never return. I feel like I was that person. The old yeah. fake phone you, call. You, you know, it's at that point when you just you can hear their breath, and it's just like, all right, I can't. I can't, I can't <laughs> stand the great, sound of them breathing. That is a great way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> every little thing they do, you're just like, wow. Why was I ever? Let me say this: it, it, it does feel like that escalates quickly, right? It's almost like an epiphany one day. It's not like a slow build. I think it just starts. Uh, oh, it's just snap of the fingers. Yeah, Boom. yeah. I, I think it's just like it's just one day you're like something's off, right? And maybe for a couple of days you're like, how does something's off? Yeah. And then it's just that sight, that sound, the first thing they say, and you're like, mm, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you know what's off? And then everything else. Whole bean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about music. I understand you got a little project in the works, Monsieur. Yeah, I'm not gonna say too much not about it, much, but yeah. yeah, I'm working on a little something, something. Me and a couple. Of Couple of um, friends, teammates, we're trying to make it happen. Are you? Right. Uh, That's awesome. Are you, Are you using your real name, or do we have a? Uh, Is that uh, something you can tell us? Oh yeah, that's something I can tell okay. you. I, uh, I created a I created a um, a fake name when I was younger, when I was about seventeen, and started calling myself Young Nas. So okay, mm. I just go by Young Nas. That's my rap name. Young Nas. Young Nas, and it's interesting because I spelled it without the O. I spelled Young without the O. But that's not because I just wanted to be, just wanted to do that. It's because <clears throat> when I was making the name, I was trying to make a, a new Instagram account or a new Twitter account. I can't remember which one. And I tried to put Young Nas with an O, and it wasn't available. So I just said, I still so social to. media helped lead to the spell. So mm-hmm. interesting story, when I was a disc jockey, I had to come up with different names at the stations I was at. And so... Uh, I think at the Hard Rock Station, I was Sandman. I can't remember my, con- Sandman, my contemporary. Yeah, I, like I was Sandman, I was uh, I was Jay Love on the the contemporary one, and then I was Jamming Jay Cruz on the hip hop. So, 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 so even though you were at the same conglomerate station, mm-hmm. they're all in the same room. You literally had different personas for each station. Right, that's awesome. Right, and that. played different characters because the Sandman, I was like the screaming guy, yes. and and I, the thing about that one was I had to record. Midnight to 6 a.m. So it was overnight. Ooh. So my thing was the same, and I put you to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So that was my thing there. That's and then cool. Jay Love was the more, you know, uh, Delilah was on after or, or before me, or I can't remember which one it was. And then the hip hop station was funny because we had a deal. So I would go work seven to midnight. That was the only one I worked live. The other ones I would pre record. I would work live, and then I'd have to go to uh, either a club or a bar and do host things for whatever. And so it was funny. I would be out. And ETSU people knew me as my real name, and people would yell, hey, there's there's Cruz. Hey, Cruz, what's up? <laughs> and so somebody said, how do you spell it? And for whatever reason, I, I spelled it, I think it was C-R-U-I-Z-E. Just, I, I was like, <laughs> it's not Tom Cruise. It's not go on a cruise. It's not. It's, it's a little bit of everything. It's not uh, Jose suit. Cruz. It's, it's whatever. So somebody had bought me. I still own this. Somebody had bought me a Patriots jersey with that spelling of Cruz on the back of it. I still have it at my house. Wow. And I was like, people for like five years didn't know that wasn't my real name. My first paycheck I got doing a side gig, and they wrote it to that, and I couldn't get it cashed at my bank. I was like, oh, yeah, they wrote it to Jay Cruz. They did, wrote it to Jay Cruz. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, uh, persona that Jay just revealed? 
uh, I thought the Sandman was interesting, yeah. but you got a somebody bought you a jersey with J. Crew, so I think yeah. that's the most. Impactful. I mean, wear that in one day. That's kind of fun. You should, yeah. you should wear it. You should wear it next time I come in. Yeah, I can do that. And yeah. I, as a matter of fact, it was funny. It was uh, at the time the Patriots didn't have thirty-seven with Rodney Harrison a couple of years sure. after that was traded to, and then wore the thirty-seven. But before that, they were like, "Who is that?" And I had a whole backstory on a guy who was a special teams guy out of like Northwest Missouri State, and I had a whole thing because you know because the guys yeah. that were asking me that knew my real name, so they did, they wouldn't understand the backstory. So I yeah. made up a backstory of a backstory. So how this is going to work? Just to kind of get us back on the same page here. So all right, next week. Nasir uh, is going to kind of Young Nas through. is going to come in. Yeah, right, he's right. going to scroll through Twitter throughout the week, kind of find some things that would relate to him, and you know whether it be football, pop culture, whatever it is, and we're going to present those tweets to you. And and if if I'll just throw this out there, sure. if there is, as we've clearly talked about, love and interest on this, if somebody wants some love advice from Nasir player, I feel like they can tweet <laughs> at us. I do. Yeah. They can tweet at the show. Yeah, I, I stay on Twitter a lot, so you know you can tweet at. You can tweet at me if you follow me, or you can tweet at them. You can follow the show on Twitter. But, yeah, I'll answer y'all's questions. What's your handle? Uh, my my handle is YoungNaz45. YoungNaz45. Young without the O. So Y-U-N-G-N-A-S-45. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm a Jamie J. You give us a segment? Sounds fun to me. I'm good with it. All right, we'll do it next week. All right, that's the for today's show. What did we go over today? We had baseball, basketball, new segment, fun. I have no idea what we talked about with Landon. I've already forgotten yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What do we got tomorrow? Preview. Women's back 11 a.m. game. We're going to actually have the show up but way early before you head we'll out. preview that. We'll preview men's basketball. We'll have J.J. German and also, what am I forgetting? Crazy Coach. Crazy Coach. Now, can we talk with Crazy Coach about Steve Forbes' comments from Saturday? Yes. All right. Absolutely. So that will probably be prominently featured. Yes. Fantastic. We need to talk to him about that and a lot of other things around college basketball. Scott got thrown out last Calipari's night. Calipari's other loss for Michigan. Yeah, Kentucky's no, not happy. Come on, her project. All right, yeah. right. that'll do it for today. Don't forget, you can subscribe SoundCloud, iTunes. You can get the RSS feed. That way you get the update every time a new show is uploaded. Another edition of Sunday's in the Gate. Bye there. Work that work. <laughs>